Drop it! That are alive, you are coming with me. All right, kids, here we go. Next seminar, April 14th through the 16th, which only has two spots left at the time of this recording. After that will be June 9th through the 11th, and then August 11th through the 13th. Training camps on the list. We have two self-sufficient lifter camps on the list, May 13th in Wichita Falls, then May 20th in Omaha. Testify strength and conditioning. Those cover the squat, the press, the deadlift, how to film yourself, and how to diagnose your own technique. Our camps in Seoul, South Korea still have some spots available, both of those on April 9th, starting with a squat camp in the morning, and then a deadlift and power clean camp in the afternoon, and when you sign up for both of those, you get $40 off. Squat and deadlift camps with spots still available April 30th in Baltimore at 5x3 Training. Just added another one on Long Island June 11th, and then June 18th in Singapore at Hygieia Strength and Conditioning. Don't miss out. Last chance to get in on our first ever camp in Mexico. That's on March 25th and a squat and deadlift camp. Any other camp not mentioned here is sold out. Speaking of sellouts, I was talking to my buddy Ray Gillenwater the other day, and he wanted to make certain I reminded you that we are still looking for talent. We're still looking for coaches for our starting strength gym. So if you're looking for a career change or you just want to check something out, see what the requirements are, see if it's a right fit for you, head over to startingstrengthgyms.com, check out the coaching tab, and find out what the deal is. Maybe you make a new friend in Ina, maybe you won't. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. <laughs> ah, yes. Well, it's so good to be here with all of you people today. Uh, today, we're going to do a call-in Q&A. That's as opposed to our paper Q&A. Paper Q&A looks kind of like this. We have a, you know, questions that you have written to us in various places. Uh, where we take such questions and then we print them out and we sit down and read them and then we discuss your uh, your questions and uh, you know entertain ourselves with uh, uh, the various aspects of various topics that come up in various questions from various uh, questioners right so <clears throat> Today, we're going to do a little different. We're going to have, we have a telephone line set up, a line set up. It's kind of a holdover from uh, the days of yore, isn't it? Yeah. When there was a line from them to us, and you talked over the line, right. the wire. Yeah. Yep. We just call it a line, but... Uh, now it's just you know everything's done over the airwaves at this point in the history of the human race and uh we're going to take your airwave questions here in just a few minutes but first comments, comments. <laughs> from uh, 
the haters. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Some of the best reverb you've ever done there. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting better at that, aren't I? <laughs> Three years later. <laughs> Three years later. Well, you practice it every couple of weeks. Again. Just like anything else. Yeah. <laughs> right? Training, practice, two-factor model. That's right. All right. Now, this is a particularly scathing batch of comments from the haters this time. Good. They've been kind of light lately. They've so. been. That last one we did was yeah, just shouldn't big. even have done it, really. But this, I think, is worth our time good, today. Good. All this right. one is. This one is. Uh, all right. Uh, so Liberated Mind says, sorry, this is crap. This is about the bend over when you squat on the platform. Yeah, that's your video. No. Did it? No, that's yours. Is it? Yeah, that's yours. It's an old well, one. It's old, oh, it's yeah. old. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Sorry, this crap. The squat is supposed to be a quad dominant movement for posterior chain, do deadlifts. Mm. I thought the deadlifts was a back exercise. Yeah. I don't know. Would have been a much stronger hater comment if you just would have said, this is crap, and period. And just stopped. <laughs> just stopped. Well, I've got one of those. <laughs> Same guy, in fact. Oh, good. Liberated Mind says, trash exercise. Nice. There you go. That's referring to the squat. He doesn't like he the doesn't way like we it. squat, apparently. No, he doesn't like it. Here, let me mark that out so I don't have to read it again. I bet he's real strong. He probably is. I'm sure he I bet is. he's a really good coach, too. There's no doubt. Yeah. There's no doubt at all. I mean, we're, I mean, how would you form that solid an opinion if right. you couldn't coach? Yeah. Right? Here's one. Jimmy Lollington. Now, that's a gay wad name <laughs> if I've ever heard one. Jimmy Lollington, the gay wad, says... If you don't want to be an unathletic fat arse like Ripito, you probably want to do some KB work now and then. Because the kettlebell is where athletes are created. That's right. I it's, mean, if you can't swing the fucking kettlebell. Yeah. What? And it's the key I don't to see unlocking, how you walk. It's the key to unlocking favorable body composition as well. Is it? Right. Oh, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Lollington says that... Uh, uh, KB swings. Yeah, KB swings make you not fat. <laughs> we still got some of those in the gym, you know. Yeah, I use them occasionally for the for, to put the phone, yeah. to lean the phone on. Uh, we've got the door prop the door open prop. Yep. to the kitchen. <laughs> That's with right. With one right this minute. Yeah. Right now. Yep. Right now there's one holding that door open. It's being put to good use. Although the door doesn't need to be held open. No. It stays <laughs> open without the kettlebell. Well, what else but are you going to do? What are you going to do with a kettlebell? Right. You've got a decent so, collection of them just sitting there. You know? Yeah, I know. I gave most of them away, though. Right. There, I had a whole bunch of them. There was more, yeah. Yeah. whole bunch of them. Yeah. So, let's see. Uh, trap bar. This week's trap bar comments. Uh, Larry Welch says he probably would have kept sending his troops in World War One to get mowed down by machine guns. That's what everybody did. 
I, do you you see a connection? <laughs> no. All right, and another one, uh, an individual by the name of Simrit Nam says, big gut muscle talking, more lifting, disgusted. Apparently English is not. That's like a uh, Nam's what, first language. What's the Japanese poem? What's that? A haiku. haiku. That's like a haiku. Yeah. Yeah. A haiku. <laughs> That's what this is. I suppose. It must be. <laughs> you remember how your your teachers in the public schools used to have you write haikus? I do. Yeah. You know why they did that? Easy day for them. Because it was easy. <laughs> yeah. And public school teachers are always looking for easy whenever they can get it you know okay let's see uh this is the starting strength bench we're talking about the beautiful starting strength bench manufactured for us by texas strength systems it's a piece of oak butcher block on top of a finely welded steel base lol at beautiful piece of furniture (laughs) I need gym equipment, not a coffee table. Ah. Now there's That's a fresh comment too. We, there's we never heard that one. Yeah. Look into the mind of Mike Sesson. Oh, that guy's great. He used to comment on every single Olympic lifting video. Oh really? Oh he's real pissed. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's very angry. Well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I hope he doesn't sleep. <laughs> it's it's funny. I haven't heard from him. Hey, Mike. Fuck you. Yeah, we haven't heard from him in a while. You know what the fuck you're It's good to know he's still... How about about you churn on that a little while? It's good to know he still watches our videos, though. Well, yeah. Yeah, it is. always good to know when (laughs) people that don't like us (laughs) continue to participate. All right. All right, here's this... This... I still don't understand how it is possible to do a squat without breaking your back or falling over. Seems like you'd need the balance and coordination of an Olympic gymnast. Oh, wow. This is, of course, the... It's uh, impressive. One of the squat videos. Yeah. I can't tell which one it was. That's an impressive uh, intellectual leap there, sir. I don't know. I can't determine... <clears throat> Whether this guy is genuinely confused wow. or his razor wit is just so dry that I <laughs> that I just fail to appreciate the anyway. All right, now not many left. All right, savor. Okay, savor them. Okay, there's common mistakes in the deadlift and how to fix them. All right. Some guy named Reynolds here says, y'all area great and all, but the whole (laughs) shtick about always in contact with the legs is just wrong. Ah. Nobody competitively lifts like that. There is no point. You just introduce extra unneeded friction and mess up the bar path. The bar should travel close to the legs. 
But if your cue is always touching, that does that just does more harm than good. Interesting. Because I have, I have noticed a lot of very strong and uh, very successful lifters putting shit on their legs, like baby powder, chalk, cornstarch, whatever. The baby f- powder on their legs indicates the need for some lubrication between the leg and something that would, and be, something that would be in contact with the legs. That's fucking weird, man. <laughs> I don't know. We're obviously missing something yeah. here, aren't we? You know, for all the deadlifts I've done, I have never thought to myself, man, this friction at my legs is the reason why I missed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, friction on your legs point. is why you can't pull I, I never, I never understood That's the, the whole deal, Rusty. <laughs> Uh, if I, you didn't touch your legs all the way up <laughs> while you'd be pulling six, 900, six, yeah, yeah, six, seven. you'd be pulling 900. It's just that friction. Yeah, overcome. yeah, yeah. The friction. I just never just, understood the like people putting a shitload of cornstarch and all. Like, is it really that big of a deal? Right. I just never understood it. Oh, it's just something to do. It's just something to do. Yeah. It's something to do. Makes you look like a lifter. You know? <laughs> yep. The greatest lifters in the history of the sport used baby powder. So, yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Why would you, you want to be a great lifter? Yeah. What are you going to do? Baby powder. You're going to do what they did. Right. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Man. Just like nobody competitively lifts like that. There is no point. <laughs> so you want to do what people who lift competitively do because there's a point? Yeah. Problem is he's not even right. Then you put that. baby powder on. But why do you put baby? I don't know. So anyway, uh, here is another one about common mistakes in the deadlift somebody that someone by the name of eric shooty i would like to know why starting strength changed their deadlift form from the older books to what they teach now because the new version is wrong hmm. i think out of anything first edition second edition third edition the deadlift setup has the most been the most consistent Except for maybe the explanation of why, but the yeah, I know steps, the explanation of why is the steps have been the same the as same. long as I can remember. Steps <clears throat> are the same. Well, apparently Eric remembers better than you do. Yeah. Yeah. Memory Alpha. He's the he's the ah. guy that runs Memory Alpha. <laughs> Eric Judy. Well, that whole planet out there in that star sector is run by Eric Judy. The the repositor of all <laughs> human knowledge. Okay, now, Cooper Radley. Shouldn't that be Radley Cooper? Cooper Radley. Oh, Bradley. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Bradley it Cooper. says Cooper Radley. I wonder if that's a clever... Yeah, sounds like it. <clears throat> ...pseudonym or... I don't know. What is the point of a 90 kilo, 90 gram protein shake when the body can only absorb around 30 grams of protein in one sitting? Far better to stretch out that 90 grams over three meals every two hours. Man, I love that people still say that. People still say that, you know, they just mindlessly repeat what they've heard over and over and over again. Yeah. What happens to the other 60 grams? You pee it out? Just shit Oh, it turns out. the fat? You it turns, just, it, you get, the it fat. goes into the toilet. It turns the yeah. fat, too. I've heard that one. Oh, yeah. It turns the fat. Yeah. Well, 
got to do something with it. Might right. as well turn it into fat. All right, here's one. This is probably the most useful one uh, so far. Um, Daxi Ball. No, it's Daxi Boy. Fuck, I can't tell. Why, W-Y, do I keep seeing this? The learning to press starting strength method. That's awesome. Because you keep looking He's at it. He's asking in a comment. Why do I keep seeing why this? Why do I keep Because you keep looking at it. <laughs> oh, God damn. All right. That's enough of that shit. That's All right. Excellent. All right. You can't <clears throat> deal with any more of it. Not today. Sometimes I just get. Sometimes I just get reach saturation right in the middle of a sentence sometimes. Yep. It's had enough. So. That concludes this week's installment. I think I'm going to call them installments instead of episodes from now on. That's actually the correct term, already? yes. <laughs> yeah. We already discussed this. Installments. Episode is the whole thing, right. right? Yeah. An installment of this little segment is an installment, not an episode right. in and of itself. Right. 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 All right. Now that we've got all that straightened out for probably the third or fourth time, that concludes this week's installment of comments from the haters. All right. God almighty. All right. Let's do it. Now, <clears throat> it's time for me to put my little headphone thing in here and talk to you. Uh, let me screw this in so that. You know that weird beard dandruff? You ever get that? No. <laughs> no? No. Fast. No. Uh-uh. You know my skin's dry or what? The... Yeah, it must be. Well, how do I fix that? Um, do you have any idea? Lotion. Ooh, in, in your lotion. beard? Yeah, I don't know about that. Oil? Yeah. I don't don't know, of, man. A little bit of beard oil. <clears throat> Beard oil. My face doesn't get dry. That sounds kind of California. That's pretty, that's pretty clear. <laughs> he probably uses beard I do oil, use doesn't it. he? I do use it. <laughs> it keeps my beard soft and my skin hydrated. My elbows get oh, dry. One of the things I appreciate most about resting <laughs> is how soft, soft my beard is. Soft his beard is. <laughs> <laughs> At the gym, I'm constantly like, Rip, get your fingers out of my beard. <laughs> Leave my <laughs> beard alone. I'm trying to coach over here. <laughs> Come up behind him. And <laughs> just start rubbing my head. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Well, let me talk to somebody besides Rusty, All right. okay? Yeah. All right. Now. All right. The queue is right. light, folks. Call in 1-855-490-0125. We got one. That's 855-490-0125. You got it. Yep. All right. All right. Here we go. All right. All right. You said, here we go, and nothing's Hello. happening. There we go. There he is. Hello. Hello. Hey, guys. Uh, hey. Calling in from Canada here. My name is Martin. Uh, You're calling in from Canada? Do they know that? That's correct. They know that yeah. you're calling in from Canada? And you're all right with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the government's letting me make this call. Well, you better hurry. That's good. Yeah. Um, they may change their minds. Clock's ticking. Any, you know, Prime Minister... <laughs> 
what's his boy's name? Uh, Trudeau. Is Trudeau. Trudeau still? Yeah. He may decide that uh, you and I are too masculine to be talking to each other. <laughs> and well, I'm, pose I'm, I'm a direct tired. threat to um, his rule. Right. All right. So, anyway, how can well, we talk to you today? So there's been some contention in my uh, in my group of my group of buddies who have been talking a lot about about body weight, and uh, so I'm I'd, I'd like to first off know what you think uh, a good body weight for me is. So I'm I'm uh, six foot four, a little over six four. I currently weigh about two fifteen, um, okay. squat two eighty, three by five, deadlift three hundred three by five, bench one eighty five three by five, and press. 110 three by five i'm wondering what you think uh, i ought to get up to well for, uh, all right you know, situation i've been around competitive lifters for about 45 years and any competitive lifter that i've ever been around that was six four or weighed over 300 pounds all right right all of them weighed over 300 pounds if you're six four you showed up at the meet weighing three and a quarter you know because at six four, three twenty five. Yeah, and right. uh, and and All right. you you here's the situation is is that your muscle mass has got to be proportionate to your limb length. All right, the the muscle belly is the cross sectional area of the muscle belly is is the determining factor in terms of the amount of force amount of contractile force the, the muscle produces and if you're six four the muscle belly's got to be big enough around to generate force for an 800 pound squat which person six four should be able to do but the fact that you're six four means that that long muscle belly at that girth is going to be twice the mass that it would be if you were if you were five foot four five six you see why that would be i mean it's just more mass in the muscle because it's longer if it's the same size around and it's longer it's going to be bigger so you're going to have to carry a heavier body weight than somebody that is five foot six and for for and, a guy for a guy like you, right. the 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 weights that you're lifting, you hear a number like 300, 325. You have to remember that you can't you can't be two seventy five and three hundred with a four hundred pound squat or even a five hundred pound squat. We're talking we're talking five fifty six hundred squat. Yeah, upwards anyway. seven hundred deadlift. See, and I know that <clears throat> sounds preposterous to you right now, but one of the reasons it sounds preposterous is because at 6'4 and 215, you're not very strong right now. Exactly. And you're not going to be very strong until you gain some weight. Yep. I mean, why do you want to be small? You didn't start lifting weights I, I to stay I, small. I don't. I do not. And I, you no, know, I did not. I mean, do they ration calories in Canada, or <laughs> what's the deal? <laughs> We, we haven't quite gotten to that point yet. All right. Well, let me let me point something. Out. That, All right. A guy that's six four and two fifteen can get to be two twenty five in a week. Yeah. No shit. In a week. No shit. That is that is. And how would how would I go about doing that? You eat more than you want to. That's how you do it. 
You eat more than you want to eat. You have to get used to the idea that you have to eat more than you want to eat every time you sit down to eat. You're going to eat more than you want to. That's how you get big. That's how, and you're not going to get fat. You're just going to get your what's oh, going to yeah. grow is your muscle mass because could you're be, training. He could be 275 and not even look a little you bit could, fat. You, you could know? be 275 in in four, five, six months, and and all you're going to do is look better because your neck's going to be bigger, your shoulders are going to be wider, your hips are going to be deeper. Your legs are going to be bigger. And, you, you know, if you put two inches on your waist, who gives a shit? You know, you've put six inches on right. your chest. So, I mean, this is you you and your friends. Your your friends are all those skinny guys, too, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not quite as tall as I am. And uh, we kind of talk a lot about, about this kind of power building model that you kind of see. Like, uh, this slight is, surplus. And look, your all that going up a little all bit. All that intermediate so level shit. You, kind of you, you don't worry about yeah. power building or any other intermediate type program until you're, until you're, you know, 275 and, and your squat's up around 600. Because your squat right. is your your squat right. has to go up. Your all your your deadlift you ought to be yep. pulling six seventy five by the end of the year. Yep. Yeah, you're you're the you equivalent know, of by a, the end of the year by the end of two thousand twenty three. Yes, man, you're the you're the equivalent of probably like a let's say like an average five eight guy weighing one sixty five right now, if not less. Right. You know? How old are you? I'm twenty five. Oh, oh you see you're in the sweet spot, man. You're get to work. You're you you are uh going to be a beast if you will stop listening to anybody but me. Okay. <laughs> Don't listen to anybody but me. All right. You need to get big and you need to get big right now because if you wait till you're forty to get big you're, it's going to be way no, harder to do. Yeah, you're in you're in the right. prime of your adult physical life right now, and you have the ability to be a muscular, athletic, two hundred and seventy five pound guy by the end of this calendar year. And I suggest right. that you, you know, get off of the phone and. Start eating something right now. <laughs> All right, can't can, can do it. And then uh, just just one last question. But thank right. you, I, I appreciate. Uh, All right, and uh, appreciate all the commentary here, guys. So my, my one friend who's this quite the heavy proponent of this power building thing, and we talk about how you know you say the caloric surplus that you preach, and the way that you just basically spoke to me, he thinks it's absurd and off the wall. So he's he's six foot one eighty five, um, pretty strong. He's got an over three hundred pound over over three hundred pound bench. Well, he ought to be benching <laughs> yeah, four fifty. A three hundred pound bench right, is right. not really much of a bench. I mean, in right. in the grand scheme of things, that's not a big bench. Right. I, I'd like to. I'd like to hear. I'd like to just have you state on air because I believe he is listening. What you think his his body body weight ought to be? I think you should hear it straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Here. Well, he's six yeah. foot. He ought to be. I mean, if you're six foot and you're not two thirty five, you're you just you're not even trying. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <clears throat> You're just not trying. Right. Perfectly reasonable. All right. 235. 235 at six Perfectly foot reasonable. is not, that's not an advanced body weight right. for a big, strong man. Power building is mm-hmm. just a way, apparently, to keep from adding five pounds to your deadlift every time you pull. If you haven't gone through the process of adding five pounds or some equivalent incremental increase to all of your lifts every time you train, then you still have the potential to do that. And any other programming is a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Complexity, complexity for complexity's sake is that appeals to stupid people. Okay, because it makes them feel smart. All right. When it doesn't need to be complicated, don't make it complicated. Just go up five pounds. And then what you do is you, you every lift ought to be PR'd in the gym, and then you ought to go to an all-you-can-eat place and make them throw you out. That's how it's done. Make them throw you out. 275, 275. Tap you on the shoulder. Sir, I'm sorry. It's time for you to leave. <laughs> You've had eight All plates right. of food, <laughs> right. and it's time for you to leave. That would take quite a bit in Canada for to get thrown out of a restaurant as polite as everybody is up there. <laughs> Man. <clears throat> well, yeah. You, if you don't, if you don't show your uh, your vaccine passport, they'll, they'll toss you. Well, that's true. Well, that's the politeness goes out the <laughs> goes out the window. They get all upset <laughs> with you if you're not vaccinated. <laughs> you mean you're not dying? <laughs> <laughs> You're not dying of the vaccine. Well, 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 the fuck okay, out well, of here. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, guys. So I'll, uh, I'll hang up the phone again. All right. Hang up the phone and back, uh, immediately the end, begin to chew on something <laughs> and swallow it. All right. All right. And I'll right. give you a call at the end of the year. At the end of the year, when I'm 275. Oh, Absolutely. Right. Check in with us. Excellent. Cool. Later. Later, man. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye bye. All right. Okay. Now go. let's go. That was all right, but pretty good be so great if one of these guys actually listened and did what you told him though yeah remember I, the one kid we had he actually was my client he he said uh you told him to gain weight and he gained 30 pounds in i don't remember in a month yeah i do remember he gained that 30 pounds i do in a remember month. that <clears throat> yeah and, and these, these people call in they, well you can't do that right well except that you can do that yeah and it's been done and you just don't want to so instead of saying i don't want to you say I can't. Oh, right. Which is, those are two different concepts. That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. Hello. You there? Hey, you there? Hello. Hey, Rip. Hey. Hey. Uh, so, I am a uh, 25-year-old male. I uh, just started VLP for the second time. Um, last year, I got to just about intermediate training. And right. then my health just kind of started to start. And I ended up being diagnosed with uh, intermittent relapsing uh, multiple sclerosis. Oh, shit. And so I uh, recently started back on the LP. I'm mm-hmm. about a month in. My squats and deadlift are in the 300s. My bench and press are in the 200s. And it's been going pretty good. Until it sounds yesterday. like it is going pretty good. Yes. Um, but uh, yesterday, my balance was super off. My grip was super shaky. I kind of got stuck on the bottom of the squat kind of turned into a unintended pause squat sort of the end mm. and then um, when I went to the bench press my grip is just too shaky to safely do it right and just get the, um, the workout off there I'm just kind of 
wondering what your thoughts were for a training around multiple sclerosis. If you've got multiple sclerosis, sclerosis and you're and you, as a result of that, you have um, balance problems and stability problems, you have to not train that day because you don't want to drop a bench press on your face. Okay, now that's just, you know, that's just common sense. If it's not there, it's not there. All right? We train people. We have trained people with multiple sclerosis. Uh, we've got several members across the gym chain with multiple sclerosis, and we, we deal with it. You know, bad days, we don't train. Good days, we push real hard. One of the things that we focus on is that multiple sclerosis does not respond well to a hot environment. You don't want to get sweaty and hot when you train. Where do you live? Yeah, that is the main trigger of mine. It's always in the summer. My symptoms get worse. Right. Where, where, do, you, where do you live? Arkansas. Why don't you move north? Seriously. I'd like to. I live in a little bit, but seriously, kinda, you know, bad. I mean, move, yeah. move to where it's not hot, you know, that you'll, you'll enjoy being there a hell of a lot more and you'll get to be right. a lot older if you just move somewhere where it's not hot. Um, I mean, there's a perfectly good reason to, for North Dakota to be there, you know, you know, right. I mean, it's, you know, they ought to make resorts up there for people with MS. Although it does get yeah. hot. Every, it gets on, hot up there, yeah. On occasion, it gets <clears throat> yeah. hot in the August, you know. They'll have a 91 degree not, day. Or not something. Arkansas hot, though. Yeah. No, it's not Arkansas hot. Arkansas is hot like Wichita Falls is, which is horrible. Drink the You there? Hello? Yeah. I said you can drink the air over here in the summer. Yeah, yeah I know. Shit. I know all about it. I know all about it, man. 105 at uh, 60% relative humidity. It's just, you know, that's just bullshit. <laughs> it's just bullshit. <laughs> but uh, and We don't even have MS, man. Fuck. Right. This, is, this has been a mild winter, though. You'll have to say that this has been real nice weather for about yeah. four months. But we're going to yeah, pay for it for sure. in June, July, August, September. So, do you uh, do you know when you uh, when you wake up or as you're going about your day that you're going to have a rough one in the gym, or do you get started in? Yeah, then... uh, yeah. Like yesterday, I kind of woke up. I kind of felt like my head was kind of full of water. Stepped outside, the sun was just blinding my eyes. So I kind of could tell at the beginning of the day. Yeah. Right. So you get an indication in advance. Well, you're just going to have to pay better attention to that. Uh, I wouldn't, if I were you, I would not get under a bench press that I was at all worried about being able to hold. That's how you get killed mm -hmm. yep. or, or permanently right. disfigured anyway, you know. And that's not EMS's fault. That's your fault because you didn't pay attention. When you can't right. stabilize, don't put yourself in a stability situation. That's just, you just have to so, pay attention to that. So on those bad days, you would just recommend just holding off on all training. That's what I would do, yes. I would all, let me, okay. and here's, a, here's something that just occurred to me. Uh, have you had your testosterone checked? Actually, yes. Uh, got it checked 
last time I got real sick last year, it was in the low 200s. I've been on TRT ever since. Well, good. Now, let me ask you another question. Does the TRT seem to positively affect the MS? Absolutely. Uh, Well, that's real good information to keep in mind. That's real good information for all of you who are watching this to to internalize. Uh, and I, so, I should repeat, I am 25 years old on TRT as well. I'm not old right. at all. No, no, you're a young man. Your testosterone ought to be higher than that. But uh, a disease like that just depresses everything, including your test levels. But we have the ability to positively affect test levels with TRT, and that needs to be kept in mind. Those of you that have MS need to keep that in mind. And, uh, you know, take the bull by the horns here. You've been handed a real shitty hand of cards. And you got to do something about it. So anything you can do along those lines is going to help. You know, I right. would think maybe some Anivar would be a good idea, too. Anivar heals things up. Oxandrolone is what I'm talking about. And, uh, at, you know, if you can find some of that, that might help, too. But uh, mm-hmm. most importantly, in a, in a situation like yours, you are going to have to adjust your training to the day and what's going on that day. And if you are in a, in a if you're, if things are shaky, go home. Go home. You can train tomorrow. Right. Train the day after tomorrow. But if you drop a bar in your mouth, you know, you, you don't want to do that. <laughs> when, when, were you right. di- when were you diagnosed? Was it fairly recent? Yeah, it was uh, about a month and a half, two months ago. I uh, got real sick last summer, a bunch of weird liver enzyme stuff, balance stuff, nausea, dizziness. Right. And then it kind of got better towards the beginning of fall. Then I caught COVID, which damn near killed me. Uh, recovered from that and now training again so well uh I, you're you're you've got to train you're doing the right thing there uh you've got to train i think you're uh you know the, the trts you have to do that you have to do that right but you need to pay attention don't let your training don't let your training become so important to you that you ignore the things that could make your training dangerous all right i knew i knew a woman who was diagnosed in her late 20s and at the time when i when i met her she was in her mid 50s um Mm -hmm. and and was very very active um and never stopped training and after a few years she had almost no symptoms Right. So in her 30s. I've, I've heard of it yeah. resolving like yeah, this. Yeah, in her 30s. After her 30s, she had no more symptoms. And then she just made sure to keep training, you know, never stop, because she was scared yeah. that it would, uh, you know, that all her symptoms would come back. It's pretty amazing. Right. No, <laughs> I think, you know, I, I don't know uh, what what where your head is on this right now, but I think that uh, you've got an opportunity to positively affect this diagnosis. And uh, right. I'd encourage you to to uh, keep after it, but don't don't get hurt. Pay attention. Pay better. Pay close attention. 
now. If, yep. if shit's right. shaky, go home. Right. Do it tomorrow. Right. Yep. All right? Well, good luck with right. you. What do you weigh? I'm uh, 5'11", 285. Well, you're probably in a good body weight situation. You might have a couple of pounds of belly to get off. But, you know, in a situation like you're in right now, don't go on a fucking crash diet. It's just not important mm. at the age of 25. Uh, you just eat clean and, uh, and continue to train, and your body composition will improve. But if you if you try to drop a bunch of body fat, that's going to be a stress that you don't need to be dealing with right now. All right, you right. just continue to train, and uh, and let's just see how it goes. All right. Okay, so, man. Thanks for calling. Yep. All right. All right. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Let's roll, man. Looks like this is Travis. Travis, you there? Travis? Yes, yes. Is, is that you? Yeah, can you guys hear me all right? We sure can. Okay, good, good. I got you on my headphones, actually. Uh, yeah, uh, so Mark and, and Nick and Rusty, you have a couple questions. Uh, I have actually my first powerlifting meet coming up in a month. Um I mean, I live in Ohio. I around Cleveland. I'm going to Pittsburgh, but uh, I just had some questions about um, Mark specifically with attempt selection. I remember you talking about deadlifting only doing two attempts. And first of all, I wanted to know like the the rationale for that because I'm kind of considering that right. just for almost like energy conservation. But right. what, what's the reason why you you have done that? Well, the reason why I did it is because every time I ended up. Uh, third attempt deadlift with a with a, a a number on the bar that I thought I could do that I needed. I was tired from the second attempt when I did it. So I learned that for me, the best way to do this was to pull what I wanted on the second attempt. So I so it was there. All right, and if what I wanted was there, and I pulled it, and it was a hard limit attempt, then I knew to not take the third attempt because I wasn't going to make it anyway. And, you know, you start pulling on shit you can't pull, you get hurt. So it was just it's just a more efficient use of your, of your recovery ability and your performance at the meet. Now, this is just for me, okay? A lot of people successfully pull a third attempt. But in my situation, I just calculated what I wanted for my third attempt, my last attempt, what I wanted for the deadlift that day. And I called for that on second attempt. And first attempt was, you know, so my PR was 633. And I would, so I would probably call for 589 or whatever that was for the, for the for an opener having done uh oh wow okay having done 505 or 525 for a single in the warm-up room now here's a question though if you if you would have been a 242 or whatever you know now, you think that would have been a different situation i, I do there were, there are several <clears throat> mistakes that i made listening to my coach who was half bodybuilder 
right. was one of those mistakes. I should have been 242. Because you arguably were not. I was 5'8", and I should have been 242. Yeah, and you, you, you weren't recovered for the meat. You were no. probably cutting for the meat or not? A little bit. I, I always lifted about where I was. Now, I, when I lifted 198, I had to make weight. Yeah. And that's that's stupid. Yep. At 5'8", 198, Jesus. you just look at who's lifting in the world. How right. tall are they and what do they weigh? I asked good data, yep. right? You don't need to be – like Ed Cohen lifted at uh, 242, and he's 5'5". Five, five. Right. I'm not Ed Cohen. But at 5'8", I should have been 242. Right. You know, especially the last two well, or three hey, years well, yeah, I competed. Well, yep. You know? And it's look, especially so, for a first meet. Yeah, I, I wanted to. You said this is your first powerlifting meet. Yeah, yeah. So actually, let me back up. So I've actually I've done your guys' program uh, pretty much by the book for three years, and so I have pretty good numbers. I'm actually in. I was going to try to do the 105 kilogram class, one, uh, 231, but they don't have it, so I'm doing uh, 242. So I actually right now weigh about 238 or so. Right. Um. But yeah, like my my squat. Um, my current PR, and, you know, again, I do this all at home, basically with myself and my wife filming me from different angles, but mm-hmm. I, so far, my uh, 616 is my PR single. And right. uh, so I imagine my, my, like my, and then for my bench, my bench is actually by far the worst of the three. I've done a 358, but again, with the pause, and my biggest thing mm-hmm. is just working on the commands and the, and the pause and right. all this. Um, and then de- deadlift, I pulled a 660. So... Yeah, that's pretty I good. These, these How tall PR are you? Attempt, yeah, no, these PR are 5'10", 5'10 uh, and a half. Okay. And your body weight right now is 238. Like two, 238. Yeah. You know, I just, I'm, not, I'm not cutting or any. I mean, I'm just, I'm almost massing to the meat, so I don't want to yeah, you know, want to weight over. What's the weight but, class? It's 242. 242? Uh, yeah. 105 yeah. to 110? Is the weight class, is 105 a weight yeah. class in that federation? Should be, right? No, it's, it's a USC APL meet in Pittsburgh. Uh, they just, they didn't have a 105. Um, so 110 is the next one. But I'm just, I'm just doing this to see how I feel about competing, if I want to, you know, keep going and, um, you know, I figure my, my current PRs I plan to kind of do with my second attempt. You know, and my first my first attempts would be like... Uh, you know I what I would do on my, my first meet? Would be. I wouldn't do that on my first meet. I would do my, my current okay. PRs on my third attempts. Because okay. that, that strategy will work for your third or fourth meet when you understand when you're more comfortable in the room and you know what the hell to expect from the judges and and all this other shit that are factors right now you've never experienced all right now right for an olympic lifter i would never suggest call for a pr snatch and clean a jerk on third attempt because you're not gonna make it but we right. make it's PR back. deadlifts in in meets all the time, but for your first meet, I would take those numbers on my third attempts and just get a total, because you may fuck something right. up in terms of the rules and you know procedures that have to be followed on the platform, and and you you don't want to post a 
you know, artificially low total because you made a procedural error. So I would, I would, right. So you're gonna your your squad is six sixteen, right? Yeah, it moved pretty well, and I definitely got depth. And well, I what I think I'd do is I'd open with, uh, uh, oh, maybe for my first meet, you might open with five fifty one, and then jump okay. up to to five. Uh, what is that number? Five eighty-five, five ninety-one. Whatever it is. You used to there. know the loading chart much better than I do now, yeah. and then take six, six sixteen for your yeah. third attempt. And on your bench, I'd open with uh, three thirty, and I'd go to three forty-eight, and then you know three fifty. 359, I guess, is the number. Two or 356. I'm trying to be, yeah, the conversion I'm trying to get familiar yeah. with. I used to know that whole, I used to know all the conversion, but I hadn't used it in a long time. And then I would, uh, on the deadlift, uh, you're pulling 660. One. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, barely got it, but yeah. Well, you need to do, uh, you need to open with uh, five, uh, 80 something and then 628 and then okay and then 300 kilos and those are those ought to all be doable numbers especially if you come in weighing 340 a 242 that day you're gonna have a little bit more mass on you and they won't be as hard as you think they are but you this first meet needs to be you exploring the procedure that you have to follow at the meet, not you worrying about your PRs. All right. Just, you've got to get familiar right. with something you've never done before. And the PR is a, is a pressure that you don't need right now. You just need to total without fucking something up. You're going to have right. to make sure that your depth is correct on the squat. Cause they actually, the only good thing about USAPL is they actually judge depth on the squat. Uh, bench press. The rules got to be followed on the bench press. The deadlift. Don't set the deadlift down until you you get the signal. It's all. And they're probably going to have some dumbass standing behind you too <laughs> on the deadlift for oh, reasons yeah, that completely yeah, escape yeah. me to understand. So you you know you're going to have to you're going to have that's going to be an unfamiliar factor. You know, is this asshole going to touch me? Right. You know. So uh, I don't. I, I really have no idea why they do that. They want to get two people hurt instead of just one. Is that is that their reasoning? I don't know why you're asking me. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, I'm just asking for some, you know, speculation. Well, because people fall down now, so I, people put, fall. You know why people put, fall down on the some, deadlift? Yeah, because they all because they're all look looking up. up at the ceiling when they deadlift instead of the floor in front of them like they ought to be. Right. But that because that's the way all these idiots coach the thing. You know, well, you can't balance by looking at the fucking ceiling. Well, their the, their just, foot is ex- effectively four inches wide because they have a super wide sumo stance. Yes, yes, because yeah. it's at an angle. Right. right. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's I don't know. So anyway, uh, what I would do—that's what I would do if I were you on my first meet. I would not be concerned about PRs on 
the individual lifts, I'd be concerned with getting a good total and learning what to expect from the meet and if you want to go to another one. But don't put a bunch of pressure right. on yourself about PRs. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's basically uh yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks, thanks for thanks, Rip. All right, man. Thanks for the call. All right, sorry. Oh yeah. Take it. All right. Who's next? Let's see. I don't trust the uh recording. It says James, but we'll see. Hello, it's, James. It's just James. Yeah, that's me. Cool. This is him. All right, James, what's happening? I must know a sunny day in Florida, but a quick question. I've been oh. on your program since about the first book came out. Oh, God. Uh, 59. Time. My numbers are still good for, I guess you're fighting a decline in the numbers, but that's okay. Yeah, you know, you're not dead. I yep, am stronger so yeah, well, I my, my wife was sitting at a red light because people in Florida can't drive. We got rear-ended, and so I started having a trap. On, I'm sorry. I started having a um, spasm and pain in my upper trap to my neck. Right. And I couldn't turn my neck right. I said, this is unusual. And I kind of played on horses like you did and did other extracurricular activities while I was young that can do shit to you. But I went to an orthopedic surgeon. Both of them actually big fans of yours. Uh, right. The C3, C4, and C5 have a mild, uh, you know, squeeze between them. Right. Uh, compression. Mm-hmm. So when I squat, according to your program, I don't know. I emailed a guy that goes through your coaching system over in Tampa where I used to live. He, he gave me, uh, he went through Dr. Scholar's video and kind of explained it to me how to work back up. And so the stiffness goes away, but I couldn't get an orthopedic appointment or MRI until this week. So my question is, with that type of injury, does it know if it was from the whiplash or from older injuries? Is there anything to do to strengthen that? You said you need well, to keep that strong up around that neck. All right, no, there's not. And I only do your basic limbs. Now, here's the situation, all right? The function of the mm-hmm. muscles around the spine. And that's the whole spine, cervical down to coccyx. The function of all of those muscles is isometric. They hold it still. All right. Now, when you deadlift, when you squat, when you bench press, when you press overhead, the function of the neck is to be still. And it's to be still in normal anatomical position. So if when you deadlift, you are lifting your chin because of eye gaze direction or whatever the hell else you're doing wrong, you're you're fucking the thing up. Don't lift your chin. Look at the floor in front of you when you squat and deadlift. And the reason the reason for that coaching cue is specifically for the purpose of holding your neck in normal anatomical position, isometrically. You ever notice how you didn't do any direct neck work, but you've got a 19-inch neck without having done any neck work? That's the that's well, me because and my wife got some both big fucking traps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, traps and neck are isometric. They grow isometrically without you having to do any direct neck work. Don't do direct neck work, especially 
don't wiggle your neck around if you've got some injuries, C4, 5, and 6. Don't wiggle it around. Keep it still. All right? Keeping it still makes it strong. All right? Now, here's the other thing that, that stood out from your question. Don't go to an orthopedic surgeon with a neurosurgery problem. You, when your back is fucked up, you go to a neurosurgeon. When your neck is fucked up, you go to a neurosurgeon. You don't see an orthopod. That's not the kind of shit they do. All right. Now, if you've got something going on at three, four, and five, and you don't have just a, a patent rupture or something wrong, if you don't have an osteophyte that needs to be removed in there, the, a neurosurgeon is the guy to consult because he's not going to operate on that. Unless there's a reason to do that, he's not going to operate on that. And uh, none of them said they wasn't going to operate. They said just keep on doing what I'm doing. That's exactly what I would suggest. But you need to review your form and make sure that your eyeballs are on the floor when you squat and when you deadlift, so that your neck will stay in normal anatomical position. But it sounds to me like you're doing fine. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to embarrass some young cats, but my lips are stronger than theirs at 59 at 225 pounds. <laughs> right. Anyway, hey, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, sir. All right, sir. Thanks for the call. Jacob, you there? Yes, sir. Okay, um, Jacob, what are you hey, doing, Rip. man? What can we do for you today? Hey, I, so I'm a lucky man. I have a fiance. We have a garage gym that we built when COVID shut our gym down. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, uh, lucky as hell for that. I've been training for eight years. You're not lucky. You're just intelligent. There's a difference between luck and and intelligence (laughs) are two different quantities. All right. Oh boy. All right. All right. I'll take the compliment. Good. So I've been listening with my fiance for two years. Uh, I think she's the sixth person that I've taught the movement patterns Mm -hmm. and that we've run through the linear progression with. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, the previous five people that I taught, uh, weren't my fiance, you know? So I'm trying to, you know, we're two years in, she's surviving, uh, my bullshit. Uh, am I allowed to say that? Oh, um, but, uh, so I was just, you know, I want to make sure that she keeps training, but I've, I've just been treating her like any other of my, the people that I've ever worked with. And I, I was wondering if that's your opinion is just keep going with it until she my, my opinion or, my know. opinion on this is uh do you do you want to get married or not oh yeah then quit coaching the girl you cannot coach <laughs> your spouse don't even try to oh, coach no. your spouse i'm sorry yeah. but this is not just a matter of my opinion all right. Yeah. This is this is just you know, this has been proven over millions of years. You don't you, you don't coach your spouse. Leave her right. alone. The other problem is, I don't trust anyone else. I in Rhode understand Island that you don't trust anyone else. So this is going to be a situation <laughs> where either 
she's an extraordinarily different girl. Or you quit fucking with her. All right, because (laughs) for some reason, women do not interpret coaching from their husband in a dispassionate Mm. way. They Mm. just don't. Are you and your fiance able to do other things together, like cook a meal, for example? Can you guys cook cook a meal together? Can you? Of course. Okay. So the the difference is that when you go into the gym with her, you put on your coach voice yep. and you put on your coach attitude, and you turn into what uh-huh. she perceives to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. So yes. the fact that you're able to communicate and do other things with her. Um, means that you you and her are somehow interacting differently when you're in the gym. So um <clears throat> you you can well, I'm not saying she thinks I'm an asshole. Are you are you inferring that she I'm think, an asshole in the gym? She thinks you're an asshole. I, I'm saying I'm saying there's <laughs> something right, I'm about, telling you she thinks you're an there's asshole. There's something about the interaction that is that is different and rubbing her and you the wrong way. So um, the thing is, is you're you coming can, from a place of authority over her. Yeah, you are so, telling her what to do consistently in the gym. So you can absolutely help her out, right. and you can actually a- absolutely train together. But you you don't train, you don't treat a family member, especially not a spouse, like you would a paying client, because your client is paying right. you to tell them exactly what to do and to listen to you, um, and they're paying you to to just be told stuff. You're. Uh, I guess you could charge her. You could, yeah. Your spouse is not interested in doing that. She she wants you to be nice. Charge her, you know. She's smarter that, than that. And she would straighten out the relationship. And she know. probably just wants to hang out with you too. So just uh, just don't be an asshole. Just be her training well, partner. She and wants to hang together. out with you now. For now, right? Yeah, but she's no, going to yeah, get tired really, of that. I think she really enjoys it. Uh, you know. Well, has it been a problem so far? Just don't don't start no. yelling and screaming. It's and, not been a problem so far. No, sir. Well, then why are you asking me about I, it? I, I, uh, Here's the deal. So, so me and my me and my I, wife, me and my wife, we every now and then I'd say probably like three times, four times a month, we we go to the gym together. Um, and yep. I ask her or I tell her, if you want my help, come ask. If not, do your yep. thing, and it works out great between us. Um, so I don't know, man, but it's not an authority thing, right? You're kind of taking it from, uh, well, I'm trying not to tell her I'm going to tell you what to do today. She's going to do her own thing. And she's a pretty, she's a very competent lifter. She's been lifting for a while. Um, but if she needs help, she'll come and say, Hey, will you help me with this? And if she doesn't want my help, then I don't offer her help. Right. I don't, that's really important. Don't come at it from a coaching perspective. It's more like a, Consulting, a consulting perspective, maybe that's a good word for it. Yeah. Mm. Well, she's a smart girl. She's written her own programming. I'm, I, you know, I steer her. She asked me my opinion, but she's driving the programming. You know, I'm like, this right. is what we do. So this is what I'm going to do. This once is what again, I've been doing. I've got my. Well, once again, why are why are you asking us about this? If it's not been a problem, yeah, it seems like you got it figured out. Uh, okay. Is there a problem? He doesn't want it to become a problem, right? <laughs> well, he, there, something must. That's right. Something must have tipped him off to the fact that it can be a problem. Right. What is it? Uh, stories. Listening to you talk about it. How well, I, I'm telling you what my experience <laughs> has been, and uh, my yeah. experience, and the experience of lots and lots and lots and lots of other people. Lots of people have had problems with this over the years. Uh, 
and I've had problems with it for 35, 40 years. You know, you just, the, you know, once you're, uh, it just, it just, it, you know, a lot of times it just doesn't work out. And it's, it's best, it depends on how important the relationship is to you. If, if it's important, you'll hire her a coach. That's not you. Yeah. You know, I mean, if she, if she needs some, what are you actually working with her on her technique? You're saying she's handling her programming. You're worrying with her on her technique. Uh, yeah. I spot her on the bench. Uh, technique, her technique's pretty much dialed in. It's, it, we it might be just a training partner at this point. Well, then just spot her. I don't. Don't just keep your mouth right. shut and spot her, and everything ought to be fine. Just be a training partner. Just be a training partner. Don't assume right. a position of. Don't tell her that her squat's not deep. Yeah. Yes, sir. Video it yes, sir. and show her the video and let right. her determine that her squat's not deep. Okay. So I mean, there, yes, you'll figure out how to handle this. Or you'll figure out that you can't handle it, and you'll do something different. One of the two will occur. All right? Yes, sir. Okay. Thanks for the call. Thanks, sir. Bye. Follow us for more relationship advice. Yes. <laughs> he said, he relationship sa- advice here at <laughs> Starting Stretch Radio. Starting he, sounds, he sounded young. Yeah. He sounded sure. young. Sure. <laughs> now, you know, you, everybody's young once. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right it's all the young kids calling today man how do we talk to an old guy oh we did talk to an old guy in florida old guy in florida yeah hello brian is that you yes brian how are you hi brian i had a question of Hey, how you doing, Rip? Um, yeah, that last guy's not going to make it, man. That, 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 <laughs> nah, my wife he time. doesn't understand. He's fucked, he's and he doesn't understand. It. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's in for it. But, yeah. uh, so I had a question about linear progression and adding body weight. So I I was a professional boxer. I manage several professional boxers. I don't actively train them. I manage them. Some really good guys. So the problem that I see now, especially uh, with the newer boxers, is they have these strength and conditioning coaches, which I think is, they're ridiculous. They're, I don't think they're good. I think they're horrible. I they're mean, functional training. Yeah. They're not strength and conditioning. They're functional training. It's it's a bullshit waste of time. And it, it, it is. It's dysfunctional. It's, it's just hurting them. It, and, it, and it I, is. It's detrimental. I need them to be stronger. I, I need them to be stronger. I need these guys to be stronger. The problem but I'm seeing I wanted them, you know, to do compound movements. I wanted to concentrate on, on the squat, the deadlift, on uh, the press and the right. bench. The thing we're seeing, though, is, is sometimes when these guys, I don't want them necessarily to add body weight. Some of these guys are smaller people, and they're from various backgrounds where they're, they're typically a smaller person, smaller bones, smaller attachments, smaller joints. So if I have, like, say, I have a 118-pound kid, and I want him to get stronger. I don't necessarily want him to start jumping up in weight classes. Um, would you well, have any advice for a guy? No, I don't. Kid, I don't have any advice guy. for that no. because the physiological adaptation of of strength requires the addition of muscle mass, and muscle mass weighs something. And there's nothing either you or I can do about that. 
if you've got a kid who's 118 pounds who needs to be 132 and you prevent him with your advice from getting to be 132 then you're not doing him any favors and you're not doing yourself any favors either you you've got to stop thinking about keeping people artificially light because keeping them artificially light keeps them artificially weak now the best boxers in the history of the sport were strong guys weren't they uh, well, most of them are very strong. Yeah. They're very strong guys, even if they're very strong guys at a light body weight. You know, right? Uh, I think th- the, some guys are stronger than other guys. I think also be just natural be, being a natural explosive person is naturally good, explosive. Big standing vertical jump. So, someone that weighs muscular efficiency, yeah, is genetic. One fourteen, one twenty three. They're never going to be strong. But they're they could be naturally they, explosive. They could be naturally explosive. And that's where that athleticism comes the, from. Think of the deficit they are in in mm-hmm. terms of their power production. Yep. By being kept at an artificially light body weight, yeah. uh, it's always well, we don't keep them. We don't. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. We we don't keep them at at, at lighter body. Like you know, in the professional boxing, these guys will walk around ten or fifteen pounds heavier. Yeah. Then the weight they'll compete at, I guess it would be similar to, to you know, like a like a powerlifting event where you'd have to cut weight. Although sometimes these guys are 15, 20 pounds heavier, they do tend to bring that strength down yes. to a few weight classes below. So my 118 may walk around at 132. Yeah. You know, and he may be as strong as 132 pounder as the next guy. He's, but I, he I assure you that if he drops from 113, 132 to 118, he's lost power. I assure you. No, absolutely. But I, I understand I, the consideration I, yeah, I, of, of height, though. I understand you can't have you can't box somebody that's five three and have them get up to one sixty. That they're they're just going to get destroyed. So I understand that there's going to be a trade off to all of this. There's a trade off to any any decision in a weight class sport. Is there's going to be a trade off? Yeah. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But if you've got a guy that could compete in the one forty eight. And you keep him at 123, you're fucking him up. Yeah. You're fucking him up. And and right. to, to well, he's competitive in the 123. Well, why do you think he wouldn't be competitive in the 148? How do you know? Right. Well, that that's unless you box yeah. him at 148. No, <laughs> yeah. You know? Hey, right. remember. I know what you're saying. It's just that. The 148 is going to be naturally 160. We drop down to 148. That would be the problem we're running into. Yeah, but if you you drop a guy from 160 down to 148, and and he fights a guy that's been 148 that didn't drop down, that's the factor. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. That's That's the fact. Like these guys, they won't. They'll just drop down for the weigh-in rip, and then. They'll put 10, 15 pounds on overnight. Yeah. You know? Hey, so, re- remember. Oh, so you've got like a twenty-four hour yeah. weigh in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember. Remember. Oh, well, that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that the guy. Oh my God. The guys carrying around more muscle are going to be able to drop weight easier. Um, they'll be able to put weight weight back on easier before the uh the the night you know between the the weigh in and the actual fight. Twenty-four hour weigh in. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So either way, four hours. So yeah. Either either way, you're. Uh, it's not a weigh in then. Either way, you're you're <laughs> in no. Uh, there there's no negative 
to getting to, to starting the process of getting someone bigger and stronger, even, especially if they're young guys. You know, if these guys are under under 25 years old, <clears throat> you, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't hold them back. If they're getting close to a fight, then you've got to manage the the weight and stuff like that. But um, look, if, if you got an explosive kid who's who weighs 114 pounds and you put you put 10 or 15 pounds of body weight on him. Um, he, he's not going to respond to strength training the way your average teenager responds to strength training. He's going to respond very, very well because he's explosive and he's going to get much, much stronger. So, so what what you're considering then is not putting on you know X amount of weight because you want to keep him at a certain body weight versus putting on a little bit, uh, some manageable you know manageable amount of weight you know let's say 15 pounds or something, but potentially tripling that kid's force production um because he's so explosive you understand what i'm saying now once i know what you're saying i just don't want them to put on i just don't want them to go with these strength and conditioning or whatever these guys are and just put on garbage weight for just putting on weight for for weight's sake they gotta get a a measurable yeah they're training they're training those those kind of strength coaches are not going to put any body weight on them anyway no they won't because they're not capable of doing it they won't yeah you know, you, you well, put on body weight from the squat, the deadlift, and the press, and the bench. That's how you put on body weight. By training right. that affects all of that muscle mass all at the same time. That's how you get big and strong. Well, that, you don't do it with single-leg Bulgarian split squats. Yeah, I, <laughs> well, that's, that's the problem is when these guys get it in their head, they have the strength and conditioning coach or whatever they call them. That becomes an excuse for the boxer to eat more and say, "No, nah, I'm going to put on some weight. I'm adding muscle." Meanwhile, they're not really. Are they really adding muscle? No. Can you, can you measure not. the amount they're adding? Can you measure their force production? Can their bench go up? Can their squat go up? Not at all, because they don't do squats. Right. So they when do, when, like said, when I was when rack, I was in my mid twenties, I had uh, I I fought Muay Thai, and I didn't have a lot of fights. I only had three fights. Um, but I weigh. I walked around naturally at 145, and I told my coach, "I'm not cutting." I refused to cut. So I would I would consistently fight guys that were 10, 15 pounds heavier than me. And because I had a weightlifting background and I was strong, I could hit real hard. And that helped me out tremendously. Um, I only lost one of those fights to a decision. Um, so I don't know if that helps at all, but I never cut weight. I just, I fought guys that were a little bit taller than me and who were a little bit heavier than me. And it never, never phased me. I never walked into the ring and said, right. fuck that guy's big. Not once. No, I, I mean, I had the opposite. I, I was walking around 175. I'd cut down to 160 within two or three days. I'd weigh in at 159, 160. The next day I'd walk in the ring at 72. Right. And I found it much, much easier. But then again, everybody else is doing it as well. Yeah. You know, but the by the same token, had you not days. gone through the stress <clears throat> of dropping 15, 20 pounds of body weight, had you not gone through the stress and had to recover from that artificially imposed stress, how would you have been in the fight? Well, I would have been fighting somebody who probably came down from 190 to 175. So that, that might have been a problem. And it would well, have been I, you know, I, I don't think you're appreciating what I'm telling you. <laughs> the, the, well, I know what you're I, saying. I, I don't want to give performance here. Hey, look, man. The, the the point is that the, the the these kids need to get stronger, and w- when the decision comes, they're going to make a lot of progress 
uh, without gaining weight at first. And when the time comes and it's like, okay, we're going to, uh, in order to keep making progress here on the strength side of things, um, we're going to have to gain some weight. And it's going to be, you know, whatever. It's going to be tough for these kids to gain weight anyway because they're boxing. They're doing mm-hmm. that however many days a week. They're not eating enough, right? So you're, it's a problem that actually doesn't even exist because you're not going to get these little motherfuckers to eat enough food to gain weight anyway. So you, you got to get them as strong as you can. And when the time comes where the question is, do we keep strength training and do the things that are required right. to keep getting stronger, then you're going to have to have a separate conversation with your with yourself and with them about what to do at that point. But but what you don't want to do is is have all these have all these thoughts and arguments ahead of time and not do anything because then that's well, just that's just pointless. Like get them under the bar, get them strong, and see what happens. the The good thing here right. is that you realize the problem over at strength conditioning. Uh, these guys are not coaching strength and conditioning. They're they're fooling around, and they're playing games. They're confusing. What, have you read my article called "The Two Factor Model of of Sports Performance"? Yes, yes, I have. And what yes, I have. what those guys all do is try to make practice general and training specific which is the opposite of what it ought to be. That's their primary problem. They have no concept of the difference between training and and practice. And they have no concept between the difference of the difference between physiologic adaptation and skill. There are two different situations. All right. And they just, they just, it completely eludes them because they're herd animals. You know, they read the journals and the magazines, and they, they're unable to think for themselves. So they, they just, uh, you know, have you do one-legged split squats, thinking that yeah, that I makes you more athletic, and it's just stupid. So uh, you, you've got that, that part down, and it's just, you know, I have never uh, been a, an appreciator of the artificial – limitations that that weight class sports place on our athletes you know i i competed in powerlifting for about 10 years and i i know what making weight does to me i know what making weight does to the people that i trained with and i i also know that the heavier you can go to the meat the better you're going to lift and i just you know i may not appreciate the fact that the heavier uh you box that hadn't got anything to do with how hard you can hit the guy but i kind of think it does and uh just uh just my limitations probably but uh you sound like uh you've got your guys in good hands and uh uh good luck to you if we can help you with anything, let us know. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. All right. It's very much a rock and a hard place because he wants his guys to get strong, but if they but he doesn't too- want them, to, But they have to get bigger to get stronger, yeah. and you don't want them bigger because – Because then the know, five, six guy is going to be fighting a six, right. two guy, yeah. and yeah. he will get destroyed. Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But, you know – 
But it's always it's the the question is are they kids or not, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think adults yeah. should do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, no, if they're yeah. kids. You can, if they want to cut weight, they should cut weight. Stay whatever weight class you want. Right. Try to be convincing. But um, anybody who's training teenagers or kids uh, wrestling, I don't give a fuck what it is. You are you should not when, hold them back. When I was, you are responsible to the kids' parents. When I was, once they're twenty five, yeah, they're twenty five. They they're responsible they for themselves, right. but. When I was in powerlifting, I, 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 I was 90 pounds as a freshman. I was tiny. So I lifted in the 114s. And then sophomore year, I started to gain weight. And my coach told me, hey, I need you to stop gaining weight. You need to be lifting the 114s. So he, there, is, there's no telling how much just, my, my, uh, my growth was stunted because no I kept cutting there's over absolutely and over no telling. and over again. And, it's, and these people, these high school wrestling coaches, and ballet teachers have fucked up more kids mm-hmm. than smallpox. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is this is a these people are not they're selfish, evil motherfuckers is what they are. That's right. They're selfish, evil motherfuckers. To interfere with the development of a kid is selfish and evil. And you people ought to go out and kill yourselves. Really, kill yourselves. Do us all a favor. All right. Anyway, and the way they fix it is just it, you, you have them away as they're walking into the ring. Yeah, that's an easy fix, right? Yep. As they're walking in, you have them away. It's not a way in if you don't weigh within an hour before you go in the ring. It's not a way in. That's not what that's called. Twenty four hours is not a way in. That's just a picture of where you were at some point in history. You know, at some point, uh, people who are good at it g- g- gain every every oh, yeah. pound and oh, and, and then some more. Yes, you know? yes, they can. They it's a way to fight at a weight that is not your weight class. Right. It's all in the hell it is. Yeah, that's all it's for. It, like I've heard of forty-eight hour weigh-ins in powerlifting. Now that is just <laughs> that's just fantasy. Just tell them what your weight is. Like why even weigh in? Why even weigh in? <laughs> just call it in. Just pretend. Just. Just call it in. We'll just agree. Just that email in your weight. I'm I'm a t- I'm a two oh five. I identify as two oh five. At least I identified as two oh five forty eight hours ago. Wait, wait at your house and take a picture of it. Right. Let's <laughs> do that. Let's do one more. All right, one more. Hello, you there? Hello. Hello. Who's this? Hello, you guys, hear me? We can hear you. Who are you? Oh, you can hear me. Great. <laughs> I'm Michael from New Jersey. Michael uh, from New Jersey. That's right. All right. You made it all the way to the East Coast. Wow. <laughs> I've actually been in I New know. Jersey. Think... I've been in New Jersey. Every time well, I was in New Jersey, I thought I was in Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> New Jersey uh-huh. reminds me of Blade Runner. You know, God, I, I went to New Jersey once. It's a wasn't like Blade Runner. It's gruesome. It wasn't like Blade Runner. Wasn't this cool? Yeah. <laughs> so well, anyway, I, I'm fifty. Yep. You're what? I, I'm fifty. All right. A competitive golfer, yeah. and I want to keep up with the young whippersnappers. So I found starting strength and good. Uh, I got under the bar, and I, I I gained a lot of speed. Golf is about speed. Yep, and now I'm just as long as these guys, 25 years younger than me. It's pretty awesome. I, I love my training so much that I realized last summer I overdid it, and like 
I'm trying, my question is about how to train in season, but keep all, I work so hard. I like could barely squat 95 pounds and now I can squat 275. Right. At like, you know, 180 pounds at 50 years old. So, what happened? Let me ask um, you a question. What happened to your club head speed? Did you have that measured okay. before and after? Uh, I'm, I'm a total data nerd. So that's a great question. So in 2018, it was about 99 miles an hour. It's very average for like a above right. average male amateur. And I, I hit 114 and a half last week, which is tour average. So I got it to a professional speed. Wow. Well, that's good. That's awesome. good. Excellent. You know, and that, even if that doesn't go up much from here, I mean, you're, you're, yeah. what, are your, what are your lifts at 180? You said your squat's 275. Uh, What's your deadlift? Yeah, deadlift like 305. Uh, bench press, I don't max. I, I got like 190 for five a few weeks ago, so maybe mm-hmm. in like the low 200s. Mm-hmm. I was real weak when I, so I'm I'm proud of the of the of the gains, you know. Well, you're doing pretty good. Uh, you know, I, there's at 180. How tall are you? I'm five eight. Five eight one eighty. Gained a bunch of weight. You gained a bunch of weight. You could, you could stand to be one ninety. You know, you could stand to be one ninety, and your lifts. I told uh, my wife my goal is one ninety. <laughs> I, I think you need to weigh one ninety, and I think you probably are going to end up with a three seventy five, maybe a four hundred squat, four fifty deadlift, and a two seventy five bench, and uh, you know, probably a two hundred press. And I think if you if you look, if you work for those yeah. numbers, then your club head speed's yeah. probably going to go up to one twenty one, one twenty two. You yeah. know, and uh, see, here's here's the deal with uh, that that most people don't understand about about how this applies to power. All right, you're yeah. you're going to move as fast as your neuromuscular efficiency will allow you to move. Yeah. All right, and yeah. that can't be manipulated very much it it responds a little bit with practice it responds a little bit with with strength but it's not the primary variable the amount of the amount of force that you put into the ball is what goes Mm -hmm. up when you are swinging not just faster but harder and 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 it's it's uh you know, I mean, we, we use this example in the seminar all the time. If I've got a guy with an average standing vertical jump, college kid with an average yep. standing vertical jump at 22 inches, that's not athletically remarkable at all. But if I take right. his squat from 135 to 385, what happens oh, yeah. to his power? It, it goes up because P yep. F is the force yep. production times distance over time. If you if you right. triple the numerator and you leave the denominator yep. exactly the same, P goes yeah. up. Competitive golf is fatiguing, right? I'm out there. It's ninety degrees. Right. It's about five hours. No, I understand. Not, and the I'm stronger like you are, the game. more, the stronger you are, the less susceptible you are to fatigue. That's absolutely true. But would you alter your? 
could I deload in season and just lift the keep the intensity high and the volume lower? Well, at, and just at like the age of fifty, your volume should be low yeah. anyway, and your intensity should be high. I, I, my volume is rel- is relatively low. I, I've taken that in. I've heard you guys say it many times. Right, and and I would, uh, I don't know that I would. Uh, I mean, how often do you? go three or four weeks without playing golf in season uh in season or off season no i mean is there a season do you play golf all the time oh, yeah. no 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 my season basically we we, we joke our season starts when the masters is on tv so so mid-april through september so we got about you know we get about five months in season and i have to take you know i take months off in the winter that's when I train real hard and try well, to make, you know, new games. All right. I would train real hard in the winter and during season I would I would try to get two workouts in a week. And that'll be enough. And then if you're training three days a week in off season, uh but no, yeah. you you absolutely can make progress during your golf yeah. season. You just you know, the time has to be allocated to the gym. And if you haven't got it, I mean, golf's your primary sport, so you play golf. But you uh, just go, instead of doing three sets across uh, during your season, you do one set. You know, that's that's how you manage that. But you keep the intensity up. You keep the intensity up, and you try for PRs, but you don't try to do three sets across like you would in a normal application of the novice program. Even doing one set, you sometimes can make small gains. Is what yes. you're saying? Of course you can. Really? Wow. Should of I course you can. To do the comp? Can I try to do the three main lifts, like a push, deadlift, and squat, both days, or should I break it up? I think you ought to do. Uh, if you're only going two days a week, I think that you probably would do all three lifts each day. Alternate bench yeah. and press. Squat, okay. One set of five deadlift. One set of five, and you can do you know two or three sets across on presses or benches without any, without any problem. Do that twice a week, and then when it you know when you get through at the end of your season, then you go back to a normal yeah. three day program. I think that I've been. I think I've recovered pretty well because my lifestyle really. I'm eating clean. I sleep a lot, so like I don't go crazy. I definitely have reduced. I, I, I'm not trying to do you know Texas method five across, but I, I, I do pretty well off season with with a medium amount of volume. I was my question was how much to to drop it. So you would you would squat and deadlift and alternate the presses on right. each of those two days. That's what I would do. Could I do a light a light day and a heavy? What would I? Well, keep the intensity it, instead of a light day, you might do a a, a one day where you do oh, okay. sets of three on the squat, I, sets of three on the deadlift, uh-huh. and then on the other day you might do a set of five, and you would adjust the loads uh, for the right. for the reps and do both right. of them heavy. Do, how many triples would you do on the other? On the well, I'd do one triple. Only one triple. And one set of five on the squat and deadlift. 
I would do three sets of cross on the presses and benches because they're not as fatiguing. A hundred percent, yeah. But that's what I would do. So let me just make I, sure. I, heard. I think your I think your 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 approach here is is uh, progressive for golf. Golf seems to be resistant to the idea that there is a training component to it. Uh, most people well, approach golf. Most people approach golf mm-hmm. like it's a game, not like it's right. a sport. A sport has yep, got yep. both a training and a practice component. A game like yep. billiards is yep. just practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Well, it's really cool. There's there's some research out there, and the highest correlation with clubhead speed is actually one rep max back squat. It's out there. It's in the literature. Well, people should start reading the literature then because, you know, we haven't had a recent influx of golfers into the into the gyms. Uh, you know, uh, I worked with a I worked with a golfer last month for a little for a, one workout and, uh, you know, it just didn't work out. You know, the guy didn't. Uh, yeah. Guy didn't stick with it. The function came up with a back pain or something like that, you know. And I understand, you know, if your if your back hurt, your back hurts, you can't play golf. And if you're a pro golfer, you gotta gotta play golf. So I understand that, but the 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 problem is is that at some point during the, if you want a professional golfer to continue to improve, mm-hmm. he's going to have to introduce mm-hmm. the concept of training into his performance preparation, yep. and practice is not training yeah i just looked up your two-factor uh article yeah yeah well read that again you know the teams teams all the pros are training now like Corey mcelroy is an animal in the gym in the gym i don't know how i don't know if he's doing it right though i have no idea you know i have no idea what he's doing he may be doing leg extensions and just eating cheeseburgers you know Three sets of 10, uh, squats 225. I mean, he's, I know. he's doing and you, the compound. I, and you don't do 10s on the squat. That's true. You don't do 10s <laughs> on the squat because they're lightweights yeah, and we want to get stronger. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't know. At, at some point, maybe it'll, maybe the, the, the thing will creep into the, into professional sports, but, uh, at uh, at this point in the time, I don't see it happening next week. So no, but it is cool. When it's going from ninety nine to one fourteen is like five speed gears faster. Yeah, I jumped five five. Good. But every three miles an hour about is is a click. So good. I went from like average amateur to like slow professional. Well, tell everybody. All right. Tell everybody, and uh, if we can help them, let us know. You want to? Is there anyone there who wants to open a starting strength gym in New Jersey? I'll fund no, it. no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. There are several states in which we will not be, and New Jersey is oh. one of them. <laughs> it's the oh. the your regulatory environment is such that. You don't want us in New Jersey, <laughs> so we're I going. Do. So you do. You need to move. That's what you need to do. <laughs> All right. You best. need to move. All right, man. Appreciate the call.
Thank you. Thanks All so right. much for taking it. Sure. Bye. Well, it's wonderful. Great job, everybody. So, uh, yeah, and these call-in things are pretty cool, aren't they? We ought to maybe we ought to do one of these a week. No, let's not. You don't want to do it. Once no. Well, all right. Well, whatever you want to do, we'll do. Okay, so good. All right. <laughs> so anyway, we appreciate your having been here with us today on Starting Strength Radio. Uh, call-ins are always fun to talk to the talk to the folks, talk to the little people. <laughs> the little people. The little people. <laughs> well, I mean. That one was guy was 6'4", 215. He's a little guy, man. People, yeah. A little, little dude. Yeah. <laughs> but think of the horse that guy's going to turn into <laughs> because he'll do everything we told him to do. could have went two ways. I <laughs> <laughs> could have went two ways. Well, yeah. <laughs> it may. How cool would it be, man? Yeah. You know. So, all right. Monkey's having fun here. Do you He's think? having a good time. He's having a good time. Don't blame him at all. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Me and the monkey will see you next week right here on Starting Strength Radio.